Hello, everybody, and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm Josh, and today I'm going to be talking about Forged, the 11th book in the Alex Mary series by Benedict Jacka. So let's kill the magic of books. Now, uh, if you're afraid of why I'm choosing the word kill here, it's just because there is a ton of death in this book, and Alex does quite a lot of killing. Not really a spoiler, because uh, it's been, well, since we've been leading up to it for quite a while. You know, it's the 11th book in a 12th book series. This one, I think it was just, it felt just a little bit weaker. It wasn't, it was, again, this is weird, but the plot is more of a of a hanger-oner plot. Like, there are important things to this book, and it, it does work on its own, kind of. But it could have been different. I don't know. I, I would hate to try and tell Benedict Jack how to write his own series, but just I feel like it was just missing something. I, I was still very impressed with all of the character work that goes on in this one, of all the regular work that the characters are put through, and I really can feel I really just he's very good at writing, making it so you feel what your characters are feeling. You know, we're seeing everything from Alex's point of view and it's very easy to just get sucked into that and think Oh yeah, of course Alex is right. We know him. He's a good guy. But sometimes you have to just step back and think, you know, is he still a good guy? He's he's done a lot of things, a couple things in the last two books, this book in the last, and maybe the little bit before, that just aren't that good. So you have to just think a little bit about this. I, I was excited, though, that there are things in this book that really explain questions that we've had for a little while. Uh, regarding certain individuals and their abilities or their skills, and now we see them. So that was nice to get those answers in a way that didn't really change anything. It didn't matter, if that makes sense, and we learned some more. So uh, very good book. I am so excited to start the next book, you guys. It is just palpable. I want to read it, but I can't. So, not well, I can, but I like to, you know, read them in order. I don't want to skip ahead, so... I think let's just talk about some spoiler parts here. This this book is crazy. Let's uh let's start with Alex. Does Alex or is Alex going too far? He is straight up killing pretty much everybody he meets. And while I'm not opposed to him getting revenge on certain individuals, namely, you know, Levistus and Salsark, who have been gunning for him the whole time, there he just uh he kills a ton of people and you know that he does feel still bad for it because he does talk about it so i'm glad that we're seeing that he is not like a full like i don't care about anything i just want to to kill because that's never been alex but he's definitely a lot more decisive and just willing to go with it and willing to say you know this is what is you're gonna have to fall in line or submit or listen or don't either way i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do um, let's just, we gotta talk about it. Alex does end up killing Levistus. He brings Annie, they go in, Annie kind of goes a little, I want to kill a bunch of people, and then Alex fights Levistus, who is an ice mage and a mind mage, which is an incredible combo, which, you know, against near anybody else would be quite amazing, but Levistus, the whole time, spouting off his rhetoric no i'm a light mage you're a dark mage you don't understand you're wrong i'm right don't if you would just give up and die you obviously don't care you don't feel you're not good enough and it's like levistus like you are the darkest of dark mages you straight up signed an execution warrant for a guy who you didn't like because he didn't agree to blackmail 
What? No way. Uh, which reminds me, Levistus, how exactly did you get to be such a prominent council member? Oh, that's right, through blackmail. Clearly, you are the wisest, nicest, best person that could ever be on the council, who would never worry about your own goals and your own strategies. No, you just built a synthetic intelligence, which was a cool thing to see, and had it spying on everybody, and uh, took all their secrets and blackmailed everybody. Which does answer the question that I was kind of wondering, like, the Vistus has tried to have Alex killed multiple times, always failing, and he's had uh, a couple other mess-ups. He lost the White Council thing against Morden. He didn't really get the Fate Weaver like he wanted. I mean, these are the things we're seeing, and I'm sure we're seeing a lot of other, we're missing a lot of successes amongst his failures. But it's like, but he's failing at these very important, like, public things. Like, everybody knows that he hates Alex. How is he still getting moved up to the council? Ah, through blackmail. And surprisingly, I was kind of impressed that Levistus actually had a team of adepts on his payroll as his like chief security people for this. That, that for being such a mage, magist kind of person, you know, mages are the only people that he is willing to pay their contract and get them hired to protect this for him. Shows that he really can appreciate skill. Except it has to be skill and power that he wields, of course. So, you know, him, Levistus being killed, not too big of a worry. I just, Caldera, you're off my list. You're out. I used to like you, and now I don't. And I, I don't know, I have a hard time saying that Caldera is acting true to herself. Because you'd think, she's the one who wouldn't play games. She wanted to just get the job done. And now she's starting to play the games. And is it because of Alex and because he's, you know, he told her that that one time that she never plays games and that's why she's not passed over? I don't know. Is it because she just doesn't care anymore? I mean, she's clearly working. Like, she's not clearly working for Levistus, but she's protecting Levistus, which I agree. Nobody should be, you know, just murdered straight up. But Caldera, come on. You refuse to acknowledge that the council is not perfect, that Levistus has made mistakes and has never, ever even apologized for them. He's never tried to turn them around. He's never tried to make concessions or reparations, heaven forbid. He is not a good person, and most of the council don't follow it. Like, you worked hand in hand with Alex. You know his character. You know that, yes, he gets things, he's a little crazy and eccentric, and right now he's kind of going little mad and crazy you know he's not really but to your perspective he could be and killing people but like just saying you're gonna fight him and like you can't get past me when he's gotten past you like three or four times you are not a threat to him anymore quit it like figure it out and saunder poor saunder you had the chance as i read it i misread it and i was like oh my gosh saunder is not throwing him to the council he is gonna take him out a back way when they're at the front he's gonna Take him out the front when they're in the back, and Sonder blew it. You blew it, you blew it, you blew it. Come on, with your time sight, you know that council members are doing shady stuff. You know that things are not looking good. Come on, figure it out. So Sonder, you're 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 out. You're you're half out. Because Sonder, you didn't take an aggressive stance and you felt bad about it, it felt like from the book. But Galdera, you're completely out. Sonder, you're only partially out. But Alex, he's just I mean, when he's meeting with Sonder and he sees Simaris coming in, he's like, 
I am willing to kill. And he does. He shoots Samaras right in the head as she's building her you know, gate in, which was impressive fate weaving ability. Just let's put that out there. His skill and mastery with the fate weaver have grown in leaps and bounds and continue to do so, you know, only at the cost of his arm and then his life. I don't I don't know if he's gonna be able to make it through this. I hope he does. And from the conversation with Chalice, it sounds like he might still be able to be on the council. I think I'm guessing by the end of this one it'll be a dissolution of light and dark council. It'll just be this is the council and here's, you know, you're a good mage or you're a bad mage. As in, do you, like, kill people for fun, brutalize people and, you know, other bad things? Or are you, like, a good person mage? We'll see if that's how it turns out. But uh, Chalice might be his new aide, which would be sweet. Or maybe Chalice will just be the new counselor because Alex will be dead. I don't know. Uh, I was excited to learn that Landis is the, uh, he's... The Order of the Shield, they've been protecting Alex, being like, um, it's not worth our time to go after Alex because he is not doing anything that isn't reason, uh, you know, that's not reasonable for his situation. Yeah, you only send him to death like four times. You know, I think you can handle being sentenced to death by one person once. Oh, he succeeded twice out of two attempts. Like, sounds like a personal problem to me. But I did love that Landis is like, it has to end here. You can't just keep killing them or we will step in to stop you. You know, we knew Levistus was bad news and we have, unfortunately, couldn't work outside our bond. So we needed somebody like you to come in and fix that, which you did. Well, and let's, uh, let's go to the next one. Annie taking prisoners. This is a scary thought. Annie taking Barriar, Barriar, whatever his name is. Levistus is number two man. And Caldera, and that is scary. I don't know what Caldera is going to do with the djinn, because that's the only reason she's going to be keeping them, right? Annie's djinn is the djinn of all djinn. The sultan, the the mad king, you know. And we learn so much about the djinn in this one. It's, it's amazing that when they were forcibly transformed from their bodies to these bound objects, the reason they all went insane is because from the moment your consciousness, your your soul basically loses its contact point of the body. In between getting your new contact point, the object, there's an infinite amount of time in between the two points. And no matter how fast you switch it over, it's just insane inducing, basically, right? So the monkey's paw in Alex's shop was focused on the letter of the contract, 100%. Annie's, of course, what was it focused on before it was captured? War. Eternal war. So this one is not going to be happy. It's going to definitely come back. It's going to keep coming, I mean, not come back, because it's still here. And it's going to push for that war and the elimination of all mages, which, as we see, they're going to have to deal with at the end of the book, because Annie is still out there, and she's still going crazy. But on that note, you know who is crazy and not around anymore? That's right, Rachel, which was so surprising. I honestly thought that he was going to be able to get Cinder and them and Rachel to reconcile. But I just, I mean, I love that scene. He's like, this is your last chance, Cinder. Like, you have this chance to bring her around and get her to stop trying to kill me, or I'm going to kill her. It just has to be me or her by this point. And, and Cinder's like, totally get it, man. Like, it, she's you've given her enough chances already. I appreciate it. You know, he tries. She just betrays him. And it's like, Rachel, 
don't do this, you fool. Get back in there. Go make up with Cinder, and then you'll be just fine. Leave Alex alone. And I like the interesting way that Alex killed her. He took her to elsewhere, and because she's so mentally unstable in elsewhere, she can't really control it, and she you know, has that gin, and she has Shireen, and her reflection kills her, which was impressive and just very unique as a way to go. But now, Shireen, at the end there, you blaming Alex, saying that he's always wanted to be the last one standing. Yes, everybody wants to be the last one standing, Shireen. Nobody wants to die early. You're the one who called the gin in by accident or on purpose when, you know, you were getting harvested. Yeah, I'm, I can't blame Alex for, like, not wanting Rachel to literally, you know, disintegrate him every other day because she's finding him with pinpoint accuracy, which is... Kind of interesting. I don't know how she was doing that, especially when he was, you know, planning the heist to steal the synthetic intelligence, which was super sweet. And and I love the blackmail and the personality that he gives the, the synthetic intelligence where he's just like, how I don't know how to talk to you. You're not using any of the proper protocols or the handshakes or the, the security measures. You're just like in my mind. And he's like, uh, yeah, you're going to have to just deal with that. And then by the end, the intelligence is like November. It's his nickname. Is like, you know, I actually prefer the in the uh, mind-to-mind communication. That's much better than the old handshakes and stuff. Like, I'm glad that you seem to actually care for me and about me because LaVistus didn't since he strapped a bomb to me. Like, just LaVistus, LaVistus, you made so many mistakes, but now you're dead. And that's, I mean, that's sad for the good guys because you kind of were powerful, but like, you're a rotten egg through and through as well. So, and that Alex now can... He can basically be like, hey, counsel, negotiate a ceasefire with me immediately. And they do, because he's killed two of them, and they are not looking to go another couple rounds with him. That would be very, very scary. So, Richard and the Alliance, that is one thing from the beginning of the book, or even the middle of the book, that I would not have picked up on, is the... uh, the alliance at the end of the book. Now, this is a small thing that I dislike about this book, and it's been prevalent in the last couple books, is that we don't know what Richard is saying, but Alex knows what Richard is saying, and then Rich Alex tells Luna what he's, you know, the same things he was just told, and they're all like, and they were in shock, or they agreed, and it's like, just tell us, like, tell me what this secret plan is, and then Reveal it again, but make it in such a cool way that I want to keep reading. Don't just hide it from me and end the book. That's not cool. I don't like that. So that's been cropping up a little bit more. So on the writing side, that would be like one of my little things is that change this up a little bit. Your formula of, I mean, this the saying something is being said that's important and us not telling us until the time we need to hear it. I don't like that. I don't know. There's so much stuff in this one is so so little and so much but it's very exciting super excited for the next one i don't i obviously don't think that everyone is going to make it through this book i don't know who can i think this is going to be my wild and crazy predictions of course caldera gets a gin barrier gets a gin i think Vari's going to get a gin that she's going to make him take it up since he was accidentally teleported thanks to luna's curse which it was nice to see a throwback that, yes, while she's in like 99% control, she's not perfect with it, and it's not perfect, and it will protect her, because that's what it was aiming for. Uh, and Annie and Alex are going to fight, 
I am really hopeful that Annie is able to be restored, that she will be merged and she'll come out of this, you know, better and more like light Annie. Because you can have those tendencies like Dark Annie has and not like burn them away into you, like lock them away into your, your, you know, psyche, just be a little bit more reserved about them. I honestly am not so sure that Alex is going to survive. He's using that Fate Weaver pretty handily, and it is encroaching on his body pretty, pretty quickly. Uh, up to his shoulder by now, basically. I think he's going to die, unfortunately. And I I don't like that. I like Alex. I want him to keep surviving. But we got Luna doing the good work. We got Chalice, who will hopefully be a good Dark Mage example. You know, Morden, he's retiring, basically, and going to teach people, teach adepts and mages. And it's like, oh, I see Morden. This is kind of like your deal. Like, you're not all about... I mean, he kind of is about the, the murder and the slaving and the stuff, but not really. He's more, I just want to live, and he's like, I'm going to get out of here. I don't want to be around while you guys fight. You and Richard and you and Annie and Annie and the council. Peace. I'll see you later. So that was a, a fun scene. Now, I think that's everything I have to say about Forged by Benedict Jacka. Thanks uh, for listening, everybody. Thanks for... David Hillowitz for the intro and outro music. And of course, if you have any questions, comments, things I've missed, things I should read, please send those to LibromancyPod at gmail.com. You know, please like and subscribe, of course, wherever you get your podcasts from. That always helps. And remember to kill the magic of books. <laughs>